BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Infertility and Me Podcast a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. I am your host, Monique Farouk. Welcome, 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 if this is your first time, to the show that is infertility. And I thank you guys for being here with me and continually supporting the podcast by listening and sharing. And if you have a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend who may need this type of content, do pass it along. And do make sure that you guys are following on your preferred platform so you never miss an episode. Sometimes I drop bonus episodes and you don't have to wait two weeks for a new one as well as finding me on instagram at infertility and me podcast my email is info at moniquefarouk.com if you'd like to be a part of the podcast and come and record with me tell your story to momhood fatherhood or what you're currently going through if you're still in the throes of infertility and you can do that publicly and or anonymously. So today our guest is Dr. Tara Bradner. Tara is a fertility coach as well as a nurse practitioner and she had the nerve to go back and get her doctorate degree as well. You can find Tara on Instagram at Tara B Fertility and her website Tara Bradner, B-R-A-D-N-E-R dot com. And she is certified in hormone puzzle fertility, fertility as well as she is certified through the American Society of Reproductive Medicine. But today, Tara shares with us 
what she went through to conceive her son and also we go into a tangent and the episode goes entirely left but in the right direction and we start talking about advocacy and the state of the medical field as it pertains to reproductive rights justice and endocrinology as a whole and so this episode is not so much about her story but more about what we can do to better serve the community and getting legislations passed and then also the research that's still necessary and still needs to be done in terms of women's reproductive health and infertility if you are interested in the advocacy part of infertility community and reproductive health and justice and rights this episode you will find very valuable because Tara shares with us how she does so in her local state and also what we can do in our local states this episode will just give you the validation that you're seeking and knowing that we're going to be okay we're going to come through this okay regardless of what happened or what will happen with Roe versus Wade and how individual states will respond to that legislation. And so friends, stick around for the entire episode to get the validation that you need this week. We'll be back in just a minute, you guys, with Tara. You guys, we are back with our girl, Tara. Thank you, Tara, for being on the show, giving us your time this morning while the little one is with grandma or Gigi. Thank you, girl. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Girl, the pleasure is all freaking mine with your bed self. I was telling everybody in the intro that you're a nurse practitioner and you got your doctorate, so you're killing it out here, making things happen, changing in people's lives medically and coaching, so that's amazing, and I love what you do. And you're so humble. Sometimes I forget you are a doctor and a nurse practitioner. And Thank I appreciate you, you for being yeah, here, dear. Absolutely. When did you, did you always want to be a mom or does it, is that something that you kind of had to work into? Because you have so much education behind you and that takes time and it takes focus, right? Yes. That's a great question. I knew I wanted to, but it was timed, right? Like, okay, if I plan this pregnancy, so I'm delivering precisely approximately one month after graduation because I went to school on the East Coast and I had to travel uh, to school. And so I wanted to be part of graduation. Um, we got to graduate on the National Mall Lawn in Washington, D.C. And I was like, if I plan this perfectly, like I will be having a graduation followed by a baby a month later. And it turned out nothing like I had planned or expected much like many of the stories we hear yeah many of the stories if not all of them at this point absolutely I don't I knew I couldn't even do it with the spells while in school so that was why I was like I gotta plan this to when I'm done with school I knew back in high school I was I was never the one that could be in like multiple sports and keep my grades up it was just something I've known about myself. I have to do my education first and then start a family. And I have no reason to think that that would be an issue otherwise. You get all of your education done. And so now you're ready to start trying. Did you go to a specialist first or did you have a condition, underlying condition that you knew about? How did that play out? Yeah, so I did not. We just started trying to conceive. I just used the magical apps that I don't really like anymore nowadays because they are not conducive to knowing our bodies and I was like okay day one of my period oh this is the magical time for conception 
Um, and about six, to, I think it was about six months in, we had a miscarriage at six and a half weeks. And nobody in my family, like at the time, I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why is this happening to me? Like, there was no one around me that had went through it. I was very silent about what we were going through with my friends, with my coworkers. So I didn't really know what to think of it. I kind of grieved through it myself. So at the time, at my OBGYN's office, I wasn't seeing my OBGYN. I was seeing her physician's assistant. And she's like, just keep trying. It's fine. Okay. So kept trying two months. And I just, in my gut, my intuition was telling me something more was going on. Something isn't right. So I reached back out and I was met with the comment because of where I live. So I live 120 miles one way from my OBGYN. And so she's like, you do know um, you're going to have to travel if you want to do any treatments or anything. So I know this miscarriage is hard, but when you're crazy enough, just call me back and we can talk about next steps. Like her exact words were in some phrase, when you're crazy enough, call me back. And that was on a Friday and I had direct access to my OBGYN personally. I did my clinicals and my hours with her for school. And I was like, I'm just going to text her because she's really cool like that. I try not to use that card, but I was like, I need to use this card at this moment. And we had a deep conversation and she's like, we are done here. You are going to reproductive endocrinology. I will make the referral on Monday. And so it was about eight months in after, you know, one miscarriage at that point. And a few months later, we were in the reproductive endocrinology office with unexplained infertility, which does not sit well with me. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I now think of it as like, we just don't know yet. Although I think in the back of my mind, I feel like many are walking around with undiagnosed endometriosis or even PCOS because in, I've shifted my line of work now into women's health and reproductive care. And I see so many patients that have been misdiagnosed, like literally missed or not diagnosed appropriately. So that is my new theory, <laughs> personal theory, take that for what it's worth. But there's silent endo. But eventually did three rounds of IUI, failed that, took the whole mental health break. It was just too much. And we, I, I had met a family friend of ours who actually is an embryonologist in the middle of this. I took care of his mother and we had very long conversations. I became very educated on this side of medicine and we decided to switch clinics and we ended up getting the diagnosis of endometriosis. Finally, we did a uterine biopsy that showed I positive for BCL6. It changed my entire protocol for IVF going forward. And I just felt like I could be a patient because up until that point, I felt like a researcher and it was really hard for me to be a medical provider going through this overall, but I couldn't turn off that hat, yet I felt like I was spinning in circles as a patient. It was a very confusing place to be in. Like, I feel like I should know what's going on and what is this, but yet I don't. And ultimately what it came down to, my intuition. My intuition was telling me this entire time, helping me navigate. And when I finally got to our second clinic, it was like, ah, like a deep breath. Like I could sit back and be a patient. I could just listen to what I was being told to do, do it. And I was comfortable with it. And I think that's such a important feeling to have. I think that's a great point because there's clinics that are being exposed for just terrible care. Yes, really. absolutely. I'm all about second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions, get them. 
Yeah. It's medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it happens in other parts of medicine all the time. And that's why I try to tell my patients, like, don't feel so strapped to your OBGYN, to your reproductive endocrinologist. This happens all the time. You can go back to them if you're not finding another provider that matches you or you know, you just want to go back to them. Like you can, like you're not, you're not going to see them at your family reunion, especially in this field of medicine. Do not feel so strapped to them. It is a very common thing to switch providers. Thank you for that reminder too, Tara, just in case someone is going through something and they're trying to make a decision on whether they're going to stay or leave. And I think it's really hard. I always say that it's very difficult leaving a, a specialist or any practi um, practitioner or any doctor because it almost feels like a relationship with a lover. It does. And you know you need to freaking yes. leave. Yes. You know it's yes. no good for you. You know it's not working out. But God darn it, you're just, it's you're hooked. Okay, and it got you right there. Yeah, for many, it, and you're it's comfortable. comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you've got to step out of comfort and do, you know, you follow that intuition. It's telling you, it's telling you, it's telling you. Step out of it, and I promise you, you can once again, you can go back, or there's better. There's better for you and your fertility on the other side. I do want to ask you, you got the diagnosis of endometriosis. So did you yourself have the silent endometriosis that you were speaking of a minute ago? I've heard yeah, of it before. Well, so interestingly enough, I had been told that heavy, painful periods are just normal. And like I knew my mom and sister had them. And I was naive. I mean, at that point, I had not done the research on endometriosis like I have now. Like, I am a, that is my jam. Endometriosis and PCOS, I have dove into that so deep at this point. But at the time, I was like, okay, every woman just walks around with, with these grueling periods and oh, I can't get out of bed and you want to miss events or you do miss events. Like, I just thought that was... That's just what this is. And nope. After, you know, receiving more education on it. And then it wasn't until professionally a couple, two years ago, where I really dove into the reproductive health care as a healthcare provider that I learned more about this is not normal. There, in fact, is many women that do not walk around like this. And so it it's such it's such an eye-opening thing. And many, many patients are their own they're researchers they I call them researchers like let's face it we know we're all googling around discussion boards but what you're actually doing is researching on your own and so it's yeah I don't know another disease that I treat and I've treated them all in my career already that patients are this deep into understanding researching looking what's out there having to navigate their own healthcare on their own than reproductive health care and fertility. There's not a there's not a single one. Not a single one. I just think it's so freaking insane that we as women and those who identify as women still have this issue because there is so much information. And here's the thing, like we can go down the Google rabbit hole and find misinformation, but if you go to credible websites, research-backed website, your Harvards, your all the other Ivy League schools, your NIHs, all those credible websites, you can find the information that you're seeking. So you just have to go to the right places. And there's nothing wrong with discussion boards. But then we also have to remember that her body is completely different from mine. And so we have to take it with a grain of salt, right? And I think that we have to fight. Why do we, like, why do women have to fight so freaking hard 
for their reproductive rights. Absolutely. I, it, I'm actually like, I just it just baffles me. That. Yeah. I mean, let alone men, but like I use diabetes a lot as an example because it's prevalent hypertension, high cholesterol, for example. Yeah. Very common. All diseases yeah. that are modifiable. If we put a little effort into our health and make adjustments, we can positively improve those diseases, right? So you have a disease like, let's just use endometriosis, infertility in general. We know certain diets, we know certain supplements will help, but it will not completely shift our direction of, of disease. We have to have medical interventions. When I see diabetics get medications covered around eight to 13,000 a month, and I can't even get my patient's $1,200 procedure for IUI covered. That is where now, now I could go on a whole advocacy topic, which I do a ton of advocating for access to care, uh, state level and nationally. But it's one thing I will never stop fighting for because I see what's covered. I know behind the scenes what is being covered by insurance. And there is absolutely no reason why infertility should not be covered. None. Not a single reason why. And so I will, they know, they locally at the state level here in North Dakota and South Dakota, they know my name. They know I come every year. They know I won't stop. Um, and so it's just one thing I 100% agree with you. 100%. There's no reason. It's, it's unexcusable at this point. The other thing that I was reading about, because I'm one of those people, since I don't work in the healthcare field, I do a lot of reading when it pertains all things health. I'm very interested in it. I've always been this way. I was reading something the other day and it said that, and it was on a medical website and it said that, I think it was it Harvard or something like that. It might've been Harvard or NIH, but they were talking about how cheap it was for men to get access to Viagra. Okay. And now all of this, this whole effing rabbit hole search came about because I'm trying to fix my libido issue because of my hormonal fluctuations, having the, the hypothyroid diagnosis of infertility and cysts on my ovaries and stuff like all of that is just like, the libido is dead, okay? It's dead and gone. So I'm on this search a couple months ago at the beginning of the year looking for all this stuff. And freaking more men shit is coming up than daggone stuff for women. Like, it hasn't even been researched as much. Yep. And I, my whole point is, like, if we can't fix that for women, then surely there's no way they're going to fix this issue with infertility. Yep. And what's so funny about Viagra is it literally is part of my testimony every year. And I've had legislators that are pro access to infertility benefits straight up be like well yeah i mean we were having supper the other night a bunch of us legislators and viagra is covered we don't understand why this shouldn't be like they know it themselves like they are well aware that like this is ridiculous viagra is covered fully now like it used to be pretty expensive like per pill for my patients one thing i treat too i'm like no I treat this, but I can't get my patients that like I just it's so oh, I could just go on and on about the stories of stuff I've seen covered or I wrote prior authorizations for pre-approval processes for. And do you think I can get induction of ovulation with ultrasound and labs covered for my patients? Sure cannot. Nope, cannot do that. So it's great point. Great point on that. Oh my gosh, like we've gone on a tangent, but it's a good one. So I love we're it. gonna stay there. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's like it's just so it, it, sometimes I don't even have the words because it I have this saying that the truth is much stranger than fiction. And I literally apply it to everything. Like when something is unbelievable, it's because yes. 
it's much stranger. I think the takeaway from this should be infertility is a healthcare disparity. I would encourage people to look up the meaning of healthcare disparity. And I have been, I'm going to ride that horse into the wind now. That's my new horse I'm riding. Cause it really is. Like if you, if you want to know more about healthcare disparity and get really fired up to add, to do advocacy work, that right there will do it. <laughs> I'm going to, I had this idea and I think I'm going to do it now that we're talking. And it's really out of the box for me, just like podcasting was, because I'm really, by nature, an ambiverted person. I'm not really this extroverted. Like, you guys see me online, I'm, I'm showing my ass and acting like a damn fool, but I'm really, I'm really not that extroverted, you guys. <laughs> I just make, I just know how to look like You're tricky I'm one. extroverted. You're tricking us. <laughs> yes, Trickery. just a little teeny bit. But it all comes from my own headspace, so it's just, is it going to take for all of us to go to school for some kind of type of medical degree for us to get this shit right? Like, I'm feeling like we're going to have to oversaturate the market or something at this point. Because this Roe versus Wade thing has really just, again, truth is stranger than fiction. Like, there's still people out there who think like this, who would even have the nerve to speak it out loud. Let's take this right away from women. Are you effing kidding me? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We all got to go back to school and get medical degrees. Okay. I'll just make some mini courses on it. I mean, you can create some little classes. They can download and educate in like 20 minutes. (laughs) That's not Uh, even a bad idea, but yeah, for sure. I know. Hmm. (laughs) I'm telling you going to business together. All right. So we got off track, but you had your IUIs and they were unsuccessful. You got your diagnosis of endometriosis, which you kind of sort of already knew there was an underlying issue, especially with all your medical um, knowledge. And when you moved into doing IVF, how did you guys get there? How long did it take to get to the IVF point after your unsuccessful IUIs and getting your endometriosis taken care of or treated? Yeah. So right after it was August, we did our last IUI and we decided to take a break. And I actually it came at the most perfect time because I had in the January before uh, been selected to do a once in a lifetime opportunity out in Washington, D.C. with the National Nurse Practitioner Association. So I was a health policy fellow for nurse practitioners. Little did I know how it would help me in the fertility world. So I took a break, went and did that, and we resumed our one day workup at our new clinic that October. So it went pretty fast. I did the egg retrieval in January, had a failed uh, we did two months of Depo-Lupron. That was my protocol, a once-a-month shot with Depo-Lupron for two months, I should say. And then we had a canceled cycle, and that was pure devastation. I, I, it's hard to explain, like, because you're on all these meds, and it's a whole story in itself. Once again, as a medical provider, I they misread my ultrasound because I went to a place where they don't do a lot of female ultrasounds, but I had no choice. I was kind of roped in, sent my images to my clinic in Colorado. And they were like, we agree. It is a good lining, but we have to go with what they say. So I kept my tickets to Colorado and I went on a ski vacation with my cousin because I needed to just tap back into something I enjoyed doing before infertility treatments. And I love snow skiing. You can find me in Colorado or Montana snow skiing and I'm in my glory so then we started you know let let the cycle come started everything over there's so much financial that goes into that too you know failed embryo transfers canceled cycles and so we did may we did our transfer in may it where we only had two genetically normal embryos we transferred them both and one took and I saw 
a whole different side of infertility bleeding over into pregnancy. And so I've really shifted a lot of my work too to help women and, and men and couples go through pregnancy after infertility because that is such a dark place at times too to be in. And so I've really created a space that's safe to transition to allow them to feel what they're feeling and that sometimes more often than not is not excitement, it's not joy, it's worry, it's anxiety, it's fear. And so I had that almost my entire time because then at 32 weeks I had a bleed that landed me a helicopter ride and I had to live away from home. And once again, cause I live 120 miles from my OB for four weeks. She finally let me go home over Christmas and I was home for two weeks and then had an emergency C-section all as well. It was fine, but it was trauma again. It was just like trauma, 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 trauma. Cause we need to acknowledge that infertility is trauma, let alone pregnancy after, let alone a bleed, let alone a C-section is a major surgery and so it just was like this you know like like why like why does this keep why can nothing go right and and so I've on the other side I'm in a whole new space right now I'm unknown space but it has been something that I cannot just sit back I was holding my son at six weeks I was like what did we just go through like this was ridiculous and that was where my advocacy efforts actually started. And so since 2019, I have been bringing forward legislation. I have a nonprofit. I've been just doing anything I can to serve those going through infertility to make this a better place than it was when I walked through it. Nobody should have to feel that alone, that scared, that uncertain and not have resources, like no resources. Because uh, once again, other diseases have like pamphlets in every clinic and support groups and five people taking care of them and all these resources. And there just is hardly anything for one in eight that are going through this disease. And so I want to really change that. I continue to work at changing what that looks like. I love that you being already in the medical space, just taking it up a notch and adding an advocacy part to it. Sounds like you're kind of like that that nurse practitioner that's going to bat for her patients anyway. I do. And always in some doctor's face, like, <laughs> like I'm here in the front I lines, am. okay? <laughs> I work rural medicine. And so to paint that picture, I'm 120 miles from a what we call a tertiary facility. I run ERs, hospitals, clinics, nursing homes. We're all nurse practitioners. So we're there's three of us nurse practitioners at one facility, five in another, no doctor. They come once a month. And so we are... Literally the doctors. Lie. Yeah, literally yeah. the doctors. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we do everything an MD does. And so it's been in my blood for 10 years already where I have to advocate all the time. So now let alone put me through something and now I'm just a spitfire. Now they just, I mean. Yeah, you're like the Mrs. Forward. Doubtfire of your town. Yeah. Like in the, in, in the restaurant scene when he was choking at the restaurant and she's hopping and, and he's hopping over and she's hopping over the walls yes. and stuff like, help is on the way, that's dear. Me. Yes, that's like, me. Yes, that's yes. Tara. <laughs> that's me. Just envision that. That is me. <laughs> yes, oh, I love that. it. Well, I love that this episode has turned in more to like an advocacy effort more than anything. This is fantastic. So Tara, what can we do while we're in the thick of things still to create more peace and calm within ourselves? What do you think? I love that. 
one or I two think things. One or two things. Number one is find that thing that you did that you enjoyed before infertility. I know that's so cliche, but for me, it was snow skiing. For some, it might be painting, literally reading a book, watching Netflix, going on a walk, something you did as a couple too. I think do everything that you can to preserve yourself as a couple to take that time out when we feel things are getting really hot and heavy. And that might literally be going to a restaurant and having supper together. Like do that. Um, Additionally, please, 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 please again, listen to your intuition. You know your body better than anybody in the medical field. If something doesn't feel right or is off, follow it and find somebody who will listen to you and go along with investigating and looking into your concern, changing your plan of care, changing your protocol, changing. Nothing should be approached the same when you have had multiple failed attempts. That's just bad medicine. Well, we need to be changing protocols, for example. You need to be changing how things are done. Find support Oh, I, I had to create that through my nonprofit because I didn't have that. So if it's one person, maybe it is a virtual group where you can turn your camera off, but at least you have some support. Maybe it is in person eventually. Maybe it is like, hey, I do have that one friend or coworker who went through it. Maybe I'll just go shut the office door and share with them what I'm going through. But do not hold it all in because I did for way too long. And I found out my secretary and our sixth person office was going through at the same time, including miscarriage. And had I known that three months earlier, I just think of the missed opportunities for support her and I could have given each other that we both really needed. And so listening and following your needs, knowing that breaks are okay, taking a stop and a pause is okay to do and give yourself permission for that. Those were freaking fantastic, Tara. These are, yes, these are freaking fantastic. And where can we find you online to connect with you more for your coaching services? Drop in, say hi. When I literally say my inbox is open, it is. My website literally has a pop-up box that comes to my phone. So Tara B. Fertility is, I'm on Instagram the most. I do have Facebook and a Facebook group. I also have a podcast called Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where I do really short educational snippets every Tuesday come over there but literally my website Tara Bradner or Tara B Fertility come say hi a safe place with someone who not only gets infertility but I get it from a medical standpoint too and can just help you better ride these waves and find a calmer way to go down this path than others before us did you guys will have all of that information in the show details whether you're listening on your favorite platform and or listening on YouTube. It will be in the details for you to connect with Tara. If you have questions, please don't bombard her with 10 questions, okay, you guys? Just maybe one question <laughs> to start out first. Let's date a little bit and then we can get serious, okay? <laughs> Just messing with you yes, guys. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you but, know if it's too much. <laughs> yes, but please do connect with Tara. She's a wealth of knowledge and information and she's also out there in the field of medical care. And so I'm sure that she can help you get the answers that you need or direct you to someone or a website where you can get access to that information that you need. And then also don't forget to join our community discord chat. You guys, it is free 99 and it doesn't cost a thing. You just use the link in today's show notes to join in. So this is outside of Facebook. This is outside of Instagram 
and this is just a way for us to connect and be of support you don't have to talk about fertility you can talk about anything you like in this group chat i made specifically for us with the discord app you can use it on any device android and or ios as well as computers and laptops so make sure you join find your tribe you guys and you guys know where to find me on instagram at infertility and me podcast peace and blessings bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc